Hello, welcome to Don't Call Me Exotic. I'm O Annie O. I'm a DJ, broadcaster, and promoter. This is the podcast where I invite people in the creative field to come talk to me about diversity, culture, personal experiences of racism, both in life and in their careers. These episodes were made in collaboration with Seoul Community Radio, which is a live stream studio and community space based in Itaewon. These are the first episodes that are available to watch in full on their YouTube channel at Seoul Community Radio. So please show us some love. And with that, I'd like to welcome my next guest, DJ, producer, and one half of Seoul-based left-field ambient duo Salamanda, Uman Therma. Welcome to another episode of Don't Call Me Exotic podcast hosted by me, O-N-E-O, in collaboration with Seoul Community Radio. And I'm sat here with Uman Therma. Hi. Woo, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It's so nice to see you again. I know. My trip in uh, Seoul was very... You oriented <laughs> and Tom oriented. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, could you start off by introducing who you are and what you do? Okay. Hi, my name is Uman Therma. It's my DJ name and also pr- producer name. So I produce electronic um, dance music, but kind of in a weird way. And also I'm uh, better known as... A half of Salamanda, which is a left field ambient producing duo. And also I have uh, another group called Computer Music Club, which is uh, another dance music producing trio based in Seoul. So yes, that's about it. How long have you been producing for? I think it's been four years, I guess. And when did you um, begin both of the the duo and the trio so like it was like right away since i first started learning producing music and also djing so it was i think 2018 that's when i first learned about all things and then like right after i began producing my own stuff and then like a couple of months after I finished learning. I met Yetsubi and then we talked about music or like clubbing experiences and that's how we naturally got into it and then started this project. What about um, like the clubbing experiences? Mm -hmm. Did you guys share and like connect with? Yeah, like we used to go clubbing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's when like we get to talk more about music that we like and other culture stuffs that we could share. Yeah. So from like kind of the perspective of like, mm-hmm. I guess, being female and mm-hmm. being in Korea and going out. I mean, th- this is kind of from my own like curiosity. Like, can you tell me about that experience? And It was like 2014. That's when I first learned about clubs in Itaewon, cake shop. I always wanted to go to cake shop since then but then I had to fly to UK for studying and then when I came back I was like touring around the clubs and so and that was pretty amazing but at that time I felt like most of the clubs were a bit more male oriented I also knew like some other female DJs that are really cool and play some really cool stuff so I wanted to learn myself and then after learning how to DJ and being into more clubs in different regions outside of like Itaewon or Hongdae, 
I learned there are so many good female community for DJs or producers here. And being with them and like learning from their music stuffs were really interesting. And I felt more safe and like more comfortable. So yeah, I'm really happy that now we have that more parties with female <laughs> yeah. artists here. Because I know we were talking like last week about like the lineup kind of ratios and yeah. stuff. And I mean, it's so interesting to hear you talk about how you were inspired by seeing representation. Mm -hmm. Do you think like since then it's gotten better? Or do you think there's parts of it that have gotten better? or There's more work to be done? I think it was the time when I like first got into this scene. It was already getting better because there were more and more female DJs that were like doing more stuffs and bigger places or events. And I think I, re I really want to thank them for making this scene more female-friendly and more safe. And yeah, I definitely think it got much better. But like still, there are like events or venues that are still male-oriented. I also want to talk about the party that you and Tom threw, which mm -hmm. I was so lucky to be able to DJ at, um, called Team. Yeah. So do you want to like tell me a bit about the mm -hmm. story behind it and why you so, wanted like, to start it? The party, first of all, like we didn't plan it for like long time, but it's based on the idea that we shared for a long time. Like we talked about how more Asian needs to be represented, but also like female or queer DJs as well. So it's kind of like a party that came from our ideas that we had. And with this party, we wanted to support more DJs or producers who are on not on the mainstream, but more in the sideways or like more underrepresented. And our party, Divine Him, is for like female queer DJs, but also like Asians around the world. And we want to build a more strong community. When you were saying that you wanted to represent more Asian DJs, mm -hmm. I mean, considering that the population in Korea is like 99% Asian. So mm -hmm. like, what do you mean by that? So like, not only for Koreans, but also like Asians from around the world. For example, we have Southeast Asians or like South Asians everywhere. Like we, I, we feel like we need to build a bigger community within Asian countries or like Asian based people regardless of where you're from, for example, like from China, Japan or India, I wanted to create a space that where we could all get together and like share our ideas as Asian because Asians have been fighting against so many stereotypes or so many hatred. And I feel like we needed that. I think Asia as a continent should, mm -hmm. we should unite. Yeah. Fucking massive. <laughs> like there's so many of us. So it's so strange to be part of the like minority from mm -hmm. for myself being in the UK when it's like bitch we're the majority of mm -hmm. the world but I wanted to kind of ask you about your experience when you were studying in the UK mm -hmm. when when was that it was from 2014 to 15 so I was studying in Portsmouth which is like the southern side of the UK and I was super excited to be in the UK 
like as an adult. It was my first experience overseas as an adult. I wonder like what it's going to feel like as an being an adult living in outside of Korea because I used to live in San Francisco when I was seven years old. Yeah. So like at that time, like everything looked so good, all friendly and stuff. But I felt like I could learn more about the world and like what what kind of hardships I would have being in there. And I learned about a lot of stereotype harassments towards Asian and like random racial slurs or everything. Not saying like everyone did that. It was very few cases that I've witnessed. But through those kind of experiences, I learned how it's so hard living outside of Korea as a nation. And also we need to build a strong community to like protect each other and to like support. I think that's that kind of connects with divine him as well we want to have this community more stronger so that i'm not saying like we should divide culturally i would really like to see all asians support each other and be more supportive towards do you see kind of a lot of racism here yeah probably towards non-koreans yeah because like korea you mentioned 99 percent of people here and is koreans there's been ages of history of racism towards, especially towards like African-American or Southeast Asians. But I think it's getting better, but still there are so many incidents or cases that happens in workplaces or clubs or everywhere. So that needs to be changed. This trip has been like so... Basically, life-defining for me because mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff that I had to work through the past few years. Of, because I was born here, but grew up in Toronto, and mm -hmm. now I'm in London. And it was more of me growing up as a teenager um, in Toronto, where I just had all this like internalized racism mm -hmm. and like self-hatred and all this stuff. And that only the last few years I've like started to unpack. Mm -hmm. And I've been to Korea previously to visit when I lived in Canada and stuff and then almost like I'm ashamed and embarrassed to say that I almost felt like oh I can speak English I'm almost like I felt this like superiority almost because mm -hmm. like I feel like there's so much emphasis on kind of putting the western society like almost on a pedestal so I'm like so embarrassed and ashamed to say that I, I felt these moments when I was a teenager and I would come visit mm -hmm. whereas now coming back and having worked through all this shit in my head I'm coming back and I'm like I'm so embarrassed that I can't read Korean mm -hmm. I'm so like I'll go to restaurants and I'm like I'm actually embarrassed so oh. it's like completely switched around for mm -hmm. me so to come somewhere where it's so where I'm like part of the majority it's been like I, I want to move here because <laughs> I'm like oh like this is what life could have been like oh. but yeah I mean that's something that I've had to work through and I've just now like confessed on this podcast <laughs> but I think it's also important to talk about stuff like that because yeah, that yeah. I'm sure I'm not the only person who's maybe felt mm -hmm. that way yeah for me I think not being able to speak certain language fluently is not an embarrassing thing at all because it's not your mother tongue anyway so like if you're in like western country if you can't speak English fluently enough it's 
is fine, I guess, for me, because at least you try to speak their language. I feel like they need to respect you for like trying to learn their language or culture. But there are there still are cases where like some people, like for example, English speaking people, get so impatient towards non-English speaking. So like foreigners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even in Korea, like some people who get to like talk with locals who doesn't speak English well enough easily gets very frustrated while communicating. And I feel like they need to um, develop their patience more because you're not you like you're not the one who's not trying to learn Korean, the language majority of people use in the country. So I learned from my experience from abroad, I learned to be more confident, to not speak English fluently. Yeah. And also, I was thinking today, I have four English names now because like I have Jimin, which is my original Korean name. And also I have Uman, which is my DJ name. Also, I have Sala, which is my Salamanda mm. identity and also i have jamie which is my english name okay so i have four names in total and the one i used in the uk or somewhere else was jamie because just because most of the people non-korean people or like especially people from the western country really finds it difficult to pronounce or like remember asian names Jimin is kind of simple though, but still not many people can remember it well. So like I just decided to make another English name so that they could at least communicate with me well with See, that I, name. I totally get it because I did the same thing, mm-hmm. but it's actually so fucked if yeah. you think about it. Mm-hmm. So I chose my name Annie mm-hmm. when I, I chose it when I was six years old. Mm-hmm. So we moved to Canada. I watched the movie Annie, mm-hmm. like the musical. Yeah, yeah. Do you know it? Yeah. Like Daddy War, Daddy Warbucks. Mm-hmm. Not even the first movie. Mm-hmm. It was like the sequel where she moves to London, which Aww. is so cute. <laughs> and now I've dyed my hair red. So I was like, I've completed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, my parents tell me that we never got my name changed. It was like, I came home from school and I was so frustrated that no one could pronounce my Korean name, Suyeon. Mm-hmm. And I just watched that film. Mm-hmm. And then I like wrote down Annie on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and then put it on, on, my, on my desk. Mm-hmm. And then that's what everyone... Wow. I mean, it could have been worse because a six-year-old who doesn't know English could have picked a worse (laughs) name. And I feel connected to that name as well Mm -hmm. now. But Mm -hmm. the fact that, like, a child Mm -hmm. understood that their identity wasn't normal or, Mm -hmm. like, accessible to their surrounding Mm -hmm. and then to the point where they were like, I need to rename myself, is fucked. I know. And I'm almost, like, annoyed that I get why people choose english names Mm -hmm. but i think like as a whole we should just stop doing that i know it's been like most recent that i thought of that and find it really weird because it's your name and it takes two seconds just learn i know how to pronounce it or like put the effort in because Mm -hmm. there's so many western names Mm -hmm. that you you pronounce it completely different from how it's spelled even in korea like 
when you he- listen to someone's English name, yeah. like they can remember it very quickly. Yeah. But otherwise, in like somewhere else, very easy name, but they can't remember it. Or they don't try to, right? Yeah. So it's like foreigners wouldn't come and choose a Korean name. Mm-hmm. That's not really a thing. Mm-hmm. No. So it's just, yeah, I think collectively as a whole, mm-hmm. we should stop. <laughs> yeah. But like, do you feel connect? Obviously, your DJ names and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, do you feel a connection to all of those names? I guess. Nowadays, I just introduce myself as Uman because most of the people I meet nowadays are like people in the scene. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's more easier for me to like introduce my DJ name. But. Now I'm trying to introduce my real name to people when I, for someone, like I communicate very often and I just want them to like remember my real name. They need to get used to those kind of names. Yeah. And I I don't think that's not that hard. So do you use Jamie still? Um, no. (laughs) I think it's, I, I just dropped that name like years ago. I guess it's normal for multicultural places to have people enter the country like myself like I'm in London now but I'm not from there I'm a British citizen now but I was Canadian mm-hmm. Korean and I've like been welcomed into the scene and stuff but I guess here it's more obvious when there's I guess an outside influence um, because the culture is mainly Korean people mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on like what your take is on like people coming in and celebrating Koreans and being welcomed in that scene. Mm -hmm. So like people from outside coming into Korea and like being inside in this scene. Yeah. I think that's a good thing because they're interested in this culture. That that's a good thing, but it's not an obligation or like anything, but I feel like they need to have a bit of respect towards this culture and also they always need to keep in mind that they need to keep representing this locals and all kind of scenes like music or art or everywhere it's okay to like mingle with everyone but I just don't want them to like be dominant over this culture because it's already very a small scene and we are doing like our best to make this scene more introduced to outside it's it feels like such a tight Mm close-knit community Mm -hmm. yeah so i understand what you're saying that when you're entering such a space like you should celebrate it Mm -hmm. first understand that you're you're like a guest in like the culture i suppose but at the same time it's like multiculturalism is great and it's been such a learning experience for me to like come from really multicultural areas growing up in them but then always feeling like the minority and then Mm -hmm. coming somewhere where I'm part of the majority like I can't put my get my head around it Mm -hmm. I love it (laughs) but there's like pros and cons I guess to both of them yeah but yeah tell me about what you've got coming up because I know you've got um a solo project that you're working on we've been like working so hard with Salamanda thing for this year and last year we've been like hustling (laughs) For years. So, like, we just completed our new albums. So, or the upcoming albums. So, it's going to come out probably sometime next year. And then we are preparing for a tour 
in Europe. Yes. So super excited for that. And also, like, finally, I'm starting to work on my own project. And to be honest, I'm not sure, like, how it's going to be. I, I'm not even sure, like, what genre I'm going to make. Probably something very weird, experimental. <laughs> but I want to make some, like, experimental footwork tracks or some breaks, jungle, that I really love to play as a DJ. So, yeah, that's going to be it. Does your DJ sets kind of inspire your produced tracks? Yeah, I guess. Because, like... Or is it the other way around? Or both? I think it's both. Yeah. I usually learn from the tracks I play, because those are the tracks I really like, I love to play. And, I don't know, I get so much inspiration from tracks that are as weird as possible and also like for genres footwork first sounded really strange to me the beats are really different from other genres like technos and house but that is what fascinated me so I want to make those kind of weird stuff so I'm not sure like why I'm into such like weird <laughs> kind of stuffs, but I think that's what makes me so yeah <laughs> But I think as a producer and DJ, it's so mm-hmm. interesting because you can almost like see what works in clubs and mm-hmm. stuff and then like what, what gets a reaction and then you can kind of like, I don't know, as someone who hasn't like started producing yet, I'm like, maybe it's like a cheat code because you can kind of like, yeah. from DJing out mm-hmm. so much, you can kind of see like what works and stuff and then but incorporate But like funny that. thing, like footwork doesn't work here. I, oh. For me, I think. Okay. Because like, it's so, it's so not mainstream here. Even for jungle, people still don't get it. People are starting to learn about jungle DMB, but still, like, there are very small crowds that are really into jungle DMB in Seoul. So I'm not sure, like, I want to make tracks that people like here. So what would you say are predominantly, like, the dominant genres here? Probably house and techno. For me and my friends, they want to played all kinds of genres so we have everything but still like majority of people who are aware of this electronic music scene loves like techno mostly i mean i've heard so much amazing electronic music since Mm -hmm. i've been here so i haven't even gone to any of the hip-hop clubs so i need to do that next time as well yeah yeah what have you got coming up um in the next year you got your tour yeah you got your personal project Mm -hmm. that's actually loads (laughs) Yeah, I think that's about it. And also, like, we want to visit UK. Yes. And see you there. Yeah. So, like, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's surreal to actually be sat here with you because I think we met a year ago. Yeah. And we were, and you played, like, a six set on my radio show. Mm-hmm. I represent in London. And we were just kind of sat. And I think I said to you, like, I just want to play to a Korean audience. Like, yeah, I, just I know. F- feel what that's like. Mm-hmm. And then you guys put together an amazing party at Cake Shop. And then I played and then I, I got, yeah, that was a really special night. Oh. And then now we're here. I'm so. so happy the party went really well. It was like, so good. Thanks to you, obviously. No, I mean, thanks. For, I mean, come on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> come on. No, it was so, like everyone was sick and I know. yeah, it just got very messy for me by the end. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. 
a little scab on my nose, but it's fine. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, could you drop all your socials? Because I know you got you got a few. Yeah, but everything I announce is on my Instagram. So uh, it's at Umantherma, U-M-A-N-T-H-E-R-M-A. So check my Instagram. Yay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Uman and Soul Community Radio. I hope you enjoyed that episode and please also make sure you subscribe, follow and rate the show to keep posted on new episodes. You can also get in touch with me at Don't Call Me Exotic Pod and at O-N-E-O on Instagram and TikTok. You can also send me an email at don'tcallmeexoticpod at gmail.com. Oh, and make sure you don't call people exotic. Bye.